Welcome to another podcast by Guns and Yellow Ribbons. It's the only Arsenal podcast that counts. By Arsenal fans, for Arsenal fans. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to Guns and Yellow Ribbons Live. I am Fergus, I am your host. Uh, we've got a slightly different lineup uh, this week. We have um, we have all the way our Polish queen. Uh, we have Melina. Melina, how are you? I saw you at the weekend. Emirates Stadium, I love the cup. Of course, cheers guys. Yeah, thank you, I'm very well. Uh, happy to be here again, of course. And yeah, that was uh, that was one of those uh, memorable nights, Fergus. We're gonna forget. We, we're not gonna forget it quickly enough because of the um, one of the events at Twelve Pins that you that you love to talk about. Oh dear, <laughs> the event at the Twelve Pins. We shall talk about definitely. We'll definitely be talking about Johnny. We have you back, Johnny from the North Bank. How are you? I'm all right. Uh, I missed the game on Saturday because my motorbike decided to crap its pants on the road there so unfortunately i missed the game spent it on a hard shoulder in the cold i've heard of people spending on hard stuff but not shoulders um but yeah (laughs) boom i'm here all week um cory our smart dressed man that's right. I just got in from work. I didn't have time to change and get into my Arsenal top, so you're gonna have to deal with deal with the suit. I, I got the matching trousers on as well. <laughs> I actually thought you'd made an effort and dressed up for what is a, a the, the the most elite podcast that is the round known as Guns and Yellow Ribbons. I'm essentially wearing my pajamas. <laughs> <laughs> No, everyone's looking good. I'm actually jealous of you. Everyone's got the, you know, this Arsenal attire I've never seen before. So um, I'm going to ask each of you afterwards where you got that from. You had to be in well, the game I... to get one of these. Oh. Yeah, I, I, I've got my Mercy Arsenal um, uh, T-shirt. I've got that. Um, oh, hang on. My neighbour's calling me. Jo- um, do you want to have a, you have a talk, Johnny, and um, I'll dip out for a second. You do that. Anyway, Oh, Corey, you, yes. Uh, do you get up to the Emirates that often? Not as much as I would like. Um, I've, they've just given me my silver membership. So, silver? Wow. Yeah, I, I've been red member for about 15 years. So, just goes to show what the waiting list is like. Yeah, for, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So, what I've been doing is, just, you know, when someone has a season ticket and they can't go, I would, I'll take theirs. And, you know, if there's every tickets left for a, uh, for Red members, I would I'm um, doing it properly through the transfer system on the ticket. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, of course, you of know. Course, yes. Yeah, all about everything. All about everything is legitimate. Yeah, all about the book. Apologies for that. Uh, my neighbour needed to ask me something and I got the cameras all mixed up. So, yeah, Raul, Ricardo, very funny. Yes, I've made a mug of myself again, but that's fine. Listen, we're going to talk about the um, the Sheffield Wednesday, uh, Sheffield United game. We're going to talk about uh, Eddie Nketiah uh, and we're going to talk about... Um, Arteta, uh, Corey brought up a very good uh, topic, which is Arteta is one month on Wednesday. He'll be one month in the job at Arsenal. So we're going to l- try and look back. I know we got the Chelsea game to come up on Tuesday, but try and look back and see what we thought of his, his first month. And we'll look ahead to that Chelsea game. Um, 
we, we we met in the and we, we need to do the elephant in the room at Molina. We met in the 12 pins beforehand and we were sitting uh, standing there and uh, having a talk. And I'll tell you what, it's not for I have a very poor sense of smell, but somebody dropped the fart of all farts, honestly. <laughs> It was, it was, and I so wasn't sweet. even there. Thank God, that was that was that that was the one that Harry Kane would love to claim. <laughs> it, it it was it was horrendous, absolutely horrendous. I actually physically nearly threw up. We had to leave the pub. Um, I still think it's Emma because she's vegan, and um, uh, you know, it, 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 oh, <laughs> it an awful lot of lentil in there. <laughs> um, but she wasn't even there. <laughs> yeah, but I reckon she dropped it and left and then came back in again. It wasn't me, so, you know. <laughs> um, right, so ahead of the game, Sheffield United are winless in 16 away matches against Arsenal. That's now 17 in all competitions since earning a, a 1-0 top flight victory in August. The best should be born in 1971. Uh, they've drawn four, now five against us and lost 12. Um, they lost 3 nil in 2006. Um, but if they had won, and I don't, in fairness, I'll get your view on the game, but if, if they had won, it would have been the first time uh, since 1946-47 season, since a newly promoted side um, had uh, had done the double over us. Lineups, we had Kolasniak and Torreira. Um, uh, were back in. They were unable to train because they had uh, some minor injuries. What did we make of the lineups? Corey, I'll start with you. What did you make of the lineups? Um, lineup kind of picked itself pretty much. Um, as you mentioned, Kolesniac, he was out. So we had Saka in at left back, but he's done well when he came in prior. So I was fine with that. Um, Torreira was able to play. That's always fantastic, especially this season. Um, we need him in the middle. Um, the defence picked itself of what we have available. Mid, um, Ozo, he's been ever-present under Arteta. Um, Martinelli coming in for Aubameyang, I think that was the smart thing to do. I'd much prefer Martinelli getting the minutes than, say, a Reese Nelson. Lacazette up top, Pepe on the right. Um, I was fine with the lineup. I, I think what we've got available, there's not really much else you could do. Um, and I felt that Johnny? was a good enough team to, to beat Sheffield United. Johnny, well, anything to add on that? Well, Reese Nelson was supposed to be playing, I think, either playing or on the bench, and he had to pull out at the last minute because of an injury. So that's yet another injury that we've got. Um, okay. I agree with Corey, though. It pretty much picked itself. Um, it, he's trying to pick a more consistent team, but I think it's consistency is what we're trying to get now. Um, we haven't had a back-to-back -back win since the first two games of the season, which is the most worrying thing at the moment. So the more consistency we can get, hopefully the more consistent results we might get. And Melina, what did you make of the lineups? Were you pleased to see um, the likes of Ozil starting? Well, let me start with uh, my, um, my biggest um, surprise. I must, I must admit that... that, that Remember that whenever we talked previously, when you know under uh, Emery, we talked about Chaka and uh, his performances, and I was most of the times negative, saying 
uh, him playing with uh, Guendouzi. Um, constantly repeating myself how much I miss um, Dior of him and Torreira. Um, basically, I tell you what, I love, I love how they play together. This is, this is my biggest surprise. You know, I even surprised myself with it because I actually like to see them both playing together. And uh, I know that it's probably an unpopular uh, opinion right now, but I want Chaka to stay because I feel like they they both um, complement each other. You know, they play better when they're together on the pitch. And um, I just, I feel sorry for, for everything that happened, you know, uh, with, I, with Chaka. So, I, so to I, see I them agree. both playing, I'm, I'm more than happy. I agree with you in the sense that Torreira and Chaka are a better pairing. Uh, a better pairing than Guendouzi and Shaka, better pairing than Guendouzi and Torreira. It is the better pairing. Um, and we've mentioned it several times on, on the podcast previously. I still, I'm sorry, I, I was in Highbury squad. Uh, I've been uh, open. Um, I, I don't like players getting booed. Um, but uh, his attitude and what he did for me... I don't want to see the guy in an Arsenal shirt again. And, and, and I don't want to go over that again and again and again. But really good point. They are the better pairing, definitely, Melina. I mean, first, um, you can't, you can't really, really, you know, when you, when, you, when you say that you don't want to see him in, uh, in our shirt again. I mean, but he's still, he's still there. So, obviously, I'm going to support him as long as he's, he's our player. And as long as he gives a good performance, which he's been doing recently, you know, when... Finally, Torreira has been no, on his natural position. Uh, then why why would I be unhappy? You know, I want I want our players to do well, and I'm I'm happy when they perform well. So as as long as it carries no, I, on, I totally agree, and I will support an Arsenal player in an Arsenal shirt. I supported Sanchez when he was in the shirt previously. Um, I support Ozil while he wears an Arsenal shirt. I don't sing a song, you know, and I don't need to applaud Shaka off the pitch. When he get if he gets substituted or anything like that, I I I've I an opinion that I don't think he should play for the club again. He shouldn't been ever picked for the club again. He should have been out the door. Arteta likes him. He, he's got some qualities that work well, uh, but I don't think he's a Premier League player. Half our squad are not Premier League players, but no, I, I do get what you mean, Melina. I do. Um, Corey, a slow start. The question I've put on here is: Should we be coming out of the traps full blast and maybe? you know, getting one, two goals off early. Um, are, are, were you happy the way we started? You always want to start fast and strong and quick and take control of the game early. It's not always possible. I think it's easy for fans who are sort of sat down in our seats, comfortable, saying that the, the players should do this and do that. But when you're out there, you know, running around, using up energy, um, you've got a team that are doing the same thing. It's not as straightforward as that. You have to pick your moments in, in, in games, I feel. Um, you have to conserve your energy at times. You have to, you know, see, which, see how the game is going. Where, where's the flow? I, I, you know, is, there, is, that, is that other team tiring? Is now, is, is now our time to sort of up the, up the energy a bit and sort of take control of it? You have to sort of, you have to read the game throughout the 90 minutes. You can't just be 100 miles per hour. Um, from start to finish it's just not it's just not doable so for me I like what Arteta is doing and that he's trying to take control of the game he's trying to make us the more dominant team make us control the game um, that doesn't always mean having to, to to run harder and faster than the opposition 
it could just mean just making sure we don't lose possession of the ball, pass it around and pick our moments. So to answer your question, no, not necessarily. I just think we have to pick our moments and capitalise on the moments when they come. But did you not think, and Johnny, you can come in on this one as well. Did you did, did, did you not think that like Sheffield came at us for the first 10 minutes, they had the last 10 minutes, which he equalised in, and, and they roughed us up a little. Um, and if, if we came at them with a bit more purpose do you, uh, and said, no, this is, this is our, as the, as the kids say, I'm down with the kids, this is our yard. Um, and, you know, that they come along and said, like, you know, yeah, no, cringe, isn't it? Cringe, cringe. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, 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 that, you know, we would, we, we would maybe be in a bit more control of the game. Johnny? We were playing a team that were, are tactically awkward to play against. Everybody who's pretty much played against them has found that. And um, Arteta had come out beforehand and he said, I have warned them. Those were the words he used, I have warned them. And he did the same thing um, where he had to give the hairdryer treatment where against Leeds. And he, said, uh, he said after the game, I warned them. I told them what to expect. And they and obviously they didn't do anything about it, so this time he's warned them ahead of time. And we should have, like Corey said, we should really come out of the out, out of the out of the gate, you know, or swinging. But I think with a tactically awkward team to go up against, with their they've got very unique um, tactics in the league with their overlapping centre halves yep. and so on. Then it is. Pretty much everybody's come up against them. It has to really feel their way through. Yes, we do have the quality players that can drive against them. I mean, Pepe, I thought had a pretty good game uh, driving against their 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 fullbacks. Uh, and obviously, quite a lot of people saying in the comments about what happened later in the second half, we'll which obviously we'll come to. But honestly, I think we did really well the first half. We didn't know what to expect for the first ten minutes. We saw what we was up against, and then pushed and pushed and pushed, and then we got the just rewards. And yeah. and Wilder openly has come out and said it. it's it's one of their poorest performances all season, and yet again we struggled. We 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 nicked a goal. Martinelli sco- scored um, just ahead of half time. Uh, what did we make of the goal? I actually went out for a beer um, because the service in in, in the Arsenal, as we know, is priorities. <laughs> Corey, you, you know, you know, you know. So, <laughs> um, so, so I want to, I want to, to, to get a beer, and um, I literally had lined up, and um, I looked on the screen, heard the screen for the goal, and I actually looked back and saw VAR were looking at it, and I know we'll talk about the penalties and and and, and so on, but um, I, I actually on quick reflection, I thought he was slightly offside, uh, and I thought, oh well, we. I, I actually said to my grandson who came up afterwards, I said, oh, that's a shame. I thought we were going to be like one nil up, but we're nil nil. He said, no, granddad, we're uh, we're we're one nil up. So goal by Martinelli. What do we make of the goal? Were you Dan or were you with Nick getting a beer, Lena? No, I was. I was there, and I found something really interesting actually about our goals. Um, uh, for Premier League, um, do you do you guys know the average time of our goals scored under Ateta uh, is the first thirty-first minute, and the time of goals conceded 
is 69th minute and that speaks volumes i mean let's make it straight we mm. are unfit we are so not fit fitness level is something we should really work on and ateta should really focus on it because yeah. we look like a bunch of granddads running on a pitch during the second half it's and true i'm fed up with it you know what because uh, the build up like the, the we always like well i'm always positive right i've got nick who is more <laughs> realistic about things and i'm like you know happy bunny thinking positively all the time and i find myself trapped right now because i still want to be positive at the same time i feel like oh we've been there we we should have you know we we, we really we, we know what's coming so it's like i still i still feel like we need to work harder he needs to he's he's he knows his targets he knows where to where to go and and how to get it but i just feel like the players need more uh fitness in them they just they they don't look fit and healthy well we've got the two week uh, winter break coming up so they're supposed yeah. to be going on a on a, a, a i think it's a week long tra uh, training session originally scheduled for Dubai, but now that's up in the air with a whole, uh, pretty much everybody who had one scheduled for Dubai is now cancelling it or changing it. So hopefully during the two weeks that we've got off from the league and all competitions, they can actually increase their fitness levels because it's not unheard of to do that. It's 10 days, isn't it? It's 10 days. Yeah, I, won't, I'm not, Just... I won't be surprised. I won't be surprised, guys, if uh, in the next few days we're going to get a notification about Aussie being ill because obviously winter is coming and it's hitting hard. The country is like minus one at night. So probably it's going to be like, oh, no, not Aussie for the next, you know, three, four games because he, he got a cold. <laughs> um, Just finally, while we finish on the first half, Nick is claiming this uh, the opening goal. Uh, he's saying because he went to the bar, um, he's responsible for the goal. But um, I was no, there. I thought, I, I, I'm I having an assist that, as well. That, if that's the case, Nick. No, it, it was my fault. I didn't wear my lucky pants. I sat on <laughs> <laughs> the wrong side of the sofa. Um, yeah, it's not your fault, Nick. It's mine. So VAR. Andy Fink, who we met at, at the weekend as well, and a few, few of the other people in the comments have all been mentioning about um, VAR and the decision. Um, in particular, the Pepe tackle where he, he came in, there was two two players that took him out. Uh, and, I mean, the penalty. Uh, the penalty. That's what I said. What did I say? Tackle. Yeah, well, no, the two players tackled him and took him out, which should have resulted in a penalty. I must admit, from where I was, I actually turned around to the other guys around me and went, seven! I thought he dived. It looked like a dive from where we are. And, and John, you, you'll know what it's like where, where we are. Sometimes what you see on TV and what you see in the ground is yeah, a different, different, different things. And, 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 but I, I thought at first it was a dive. I've subsequently seen it on Match of the Day. Even Alan Shearer, for Christ's sake, um, thought it was a, a penalty uh, in favour of Arsenal. Uh, what did we all make of it? Who wants to go first? Curry, Corey, do you want to go first? It was a pen. It was a pen. I when when it cut to them checking VAR, I was like, right, we're definitely getting it. So when they said no, no, um, no penalty, I was like, what the? I'm not going to swear, but I'm like, who are these people? Video, having a video assistant referee is fine, but it's still 
human beings, obviously, that are checking it and, and making decisions. Yeah, it's still subjective. They're still down to these people sat in this room watching it as to what they think is a penalty or not. So these people, who are they? That's what I want to know. Are they are they They're referees, referees themselves? They're referees. Yeah. yeah, and They're I think there was Atkinson as a, uh, Atkinson was Martin, a... Martin, Martin Atkinson was the fourth official. Yeah, he was. And Mike Dean, what and I, Mike what, Dean was on the... What but I want to know is that... The, it's the roster of Premier League referees are on a rotation. So sometimes they'll be refereeing games. And when they're not refereeing games, they'll be in Stockley Park. Mm-hmm. If they're not in Stockley Park, then, then, then they're rested. But pretty much with the increased demand and low numbers of top-level um, referees, that most of the time they're at Stockley Park if they're not on the pitch. Okay. But you know, guys, what they One at a time. No, they, but they, they're calling it wrong, like time and time and time again, you know. Um, Consistency. Cons- yeah, and, I, and is it one person's... I know... Th- I know when they when they shown footage, there's been a few people. Do they get like three different opinions and you know go with the the, the majority, or or is it just That's one person what, making a decision? If they had enough people, then they would. They should have specialized VARs, the specialized video assistant referees. That's all they do. Mm. But they need to be experienced referees that can no longer be referees. That is the opinion that most people have now. But yeah. we're seeing that it is evolving through the season. Because they were trialling it last year in the background. But now that it's actually being used in high-profile games at, at a higher volume of uh, cross-section of data they've got now, now they're changing the way that we're using it. Because it is a tool at the end of the day. I know some of them are tools. <laughs> but the actual uh, video assistant part of it is a tool. So... And what, and what, happened, and what happened in the World Cup? Sorry, when you know they, the referee would go over to the screen and and make the call. That's a what Premier happened, League what thing. That? It's a Premier League thing because they've told them not to use it. But now, since the uh, Abamyang red card slash Robertson non red card, which some people felt was pretty much the same kind of tackle, and because of that subjection, now they're saying for red card offences. They are to go over to the screen, which we did see this weekend, and we did see a yellow card get turned into a red card. So we're seeing the evolution of VAR. Everybody's going to complain about it. People were saying last year, "Oh, it's going to take all of the uh, discussion out of the game. It's going to kill this. It's going to kill that." It has, I think, killed that initial surge of adrenaline that you get when you you feel like you've scored and you can celebrate and so on. In the in the ground, it kills a little bit of that, but you still got the same amount of discussion, same same amount of talking about stuff in the pub. We still got stuff to argue over it with our mates of other clubs or with fellow fans, or like we said about Pepe, we fought in the ground, or you guys fought in the ground, either it was a pen or it wasn't. And there's people who are watching it in slow motion repeatedly. We're still unsure whether it was a pen or if it was a dive. It's still down to subjection and the actual human element. Yeah, and the, so the, 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 no, no. One second. The, the question I've got to say is like, um, I, Mike Dean's not my favourite referee. Okay, uh, Mark Atkinson is definitely not one of my favourite referees. And having that combination with having one on one uh, flogging as dolphin, as Mike would say, uh, in in um, in Stockley Park, and uh, the other uh, on the pitch. Mike Dean seems to not want 
um, VAR and doesn't seem to listen to VAR uh, and can he doesn't please, seem to I call please? it. It was only, yeah. Because I love this subject. I hate Mike Dean. <laughs> <laughs> I, have to, I have to say it out loud. It, it makes me feel like, you know, really satisfied when I say it out loud. <laughs> Basically, Mike Dean penalties awarded uh last in last 20 years so 2000 to 2020 right listen up man city 15 in 72 games that is one every uh 4.8 matches then it's manchester united and it's 16 in 71 which is one in 4.4 then it's chelsea 12 in 70 which is one in 5.8 tottenham 11 in 69 which is one in 6.3. And now, listen up, Arsenal, five in 73, which is one in 14.6. It's, sorry, it's bloody five penalties (laughs) in 20 years. Five in 20 years from Mike Dean. Thank you very much. I hate this guy. Uh, With with good reason. (laughs) At least you got your stats. I just, I just can't stand this guy. I love my stats. <laughs> I, lo- I love that. I love when Melina comes on because she's got notes. Yeah, that's was good. I love it. Just, I don't even read the the statistician. Um, right, I had, I had, I was telling that to, I, I was telling that to Nick. I came back from work. I didn't even look up the topics. I was like, bloody hell, I'm not even prepared. And I was like, oh no, actually, we're gonna talk about Mike Dean. So I love, my, <laughs> I love my stats about this. So. <laughs> But yeah, but this but this but, is the point. It's just we're still we're still subject to to these referees' opinion, good or bad, of what they think, you know, constitutes a penalty. Yeah, or but not. VR is, by- is, VR, I'm sorry to I'm sorry to interrupt, but VR is is the best place to hide corruption these days, honestly, guys. This is my opinion. It's like nobody has to answer anything. It's like mm. they they can chuck off whatever they, they like, they can make something out of you know, out of nothing. And nobody has to answer any questions. I think I think with VAR, what we're we're forgetting is that they're actually reducing the amount of things that are can be subjective. You look at the, the offsides; you're either offside or you're not. It's like with the goal line technology; it's either over the line or it's not. And thankfully, this weekend it was one millimeter, not quite over the line for uh, Tottenham not getting an equaliser. <laughs> well, that that's goal line technology. That's completely yeah, different. It's still using the tech. It's no, no, no. And for the things that are black and white, but the game that we love is not black and white. It is full of grey areas, full of subjection, full of passionate areas that we we can't say whether it's A or B. There are bits in between. So stuff like whether or not someone dives or whether it was a penalty, it is subjective. Whether or not it hits someone on the hand or on the arm, it either hit him or it didn't. You know, in terms of yeah. intent, that is subjective. Yeah. So, so basically, so all that's happening is that they get to have another look at it, but still, their 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 view is subjective, and it's still they can still be right or wrong about it, and that's it. Time wasted. So. So, listen, VAR, we could go on hours and hours and hours about. Um, I actually like the technology, and I think that it's not necessarily VAR that's the problem. I think they need to sort out what they have in Stockley Park. It should be retired referees 
who are no longer fit to uh, run up and down the pitch for 90 minutes, but actually, like, um, who's the Italian guy with the bulgy eyes? Not not Ozil, the other Colina. one. Um, Luigi Colina. Yeah, somebody like that. Some some referees of that experience should be sitting in Stockley Park as the main fourth uh, fourth or the first v, VAR official. Um, it and but it's the rules like when you look at um, the offside rule, when you look at a millimetre, somebody's hands onside and offside, and, and 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 those sort of things. That's that's where it's wrong, and I think it will get itself right. And um, it's good to have debate around the game still. Uh, otherwise, we'd have nothing to talk about as well for an hour on here as well, to a certain degree. Um, but what did you make of the substitution that um, Lacazette came off for Eddie Nketiah? Eddie Nketiah got a, a rapturous uh, welcome uh, on front of us in the North Bank. Uh, we're singing his name. and um, But did you think Eddie... Uh, Lacazette should have come off for, for Eddie. Uh, Johnny, I'll go to you on this one. I think it was a view, because at that point we were 1-0 up. And I think it was a view to tomorrow's game, which is Chelsea away. And at the moment, he's our only top-level centre-forward available. I mean, as much as we love Martinelli coming in and that we've got Ed, uh, Enketia coming uh, in, uh, back from his... Um, not very prosperous time in Leeds. We don't. Abamyang is suspended, so it is more about protecting him, because everybody else, like Melina was saying, is unfit, and we need to protect the players that we are going to have to rely on. And Lacazette is one of those. We need him for the next few games to really show up, and he can only do that if he isn't completely blowing out of his ass. Corey. Would you have? Who would you have taken off? Um, yeah, I would have taken him off. Um, it's everyone can see he's, you know, he's not in the best form at the moment. He was adding not much um, in terms of an attacking threat um, in that game. Um, bringing in Ketia on, you know, fresh legs, something a little different. Um, um, you know, Johnny's probably right as well in terms of we've got, you know, we've got games in quick succession so you know take him off and save his legs a little bit but it was probably an easy decision by Arteta because of how ineffective he was um and then Keir coming on again it's just like what we talked about at the start in terms of the team picking itself there's nobody else um if Reese Nelson um didn't wasn't injured then I've, I think it would have been him that came on maybe Martinelli would have been moved into the middle or Pepe but um with the with the play resources as it is you know that's, that was the only option, really. So, would 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 any of you considered leaving Lacazette on and taking Ozil off, who was practically, I think, in about three or four effective touches of the ball in in the game. From what I saw, I didn't see him doing very much. And I, I'm not a huge Ozil fan, granted, but um, at Palace he come under criticism, and I thought he was actually a lot better than people talked about. And at some other games, I thought he was better than some people have said. So, but would any any of you considered taking Ozil off instead of Lacazette? I think if you was going to take him off, um, it would have had to have been for Willock or Guendouzi, who eventually did replace him, just to shore up. Because just before uh, Sheffield United scored, I think. Uh, he was going to come off and we was trying to shore up with, with Guendouzi. But then they did score and they left him on for a little bit longer. 
but I, I think you're right. He, he could he was ineffective because he was tactically nullified. We've talked about yep. that phrase before uh, in in the audio uh, incarnation of this pod and in this uh, in the video pod as well. Is that tactically when teams can uh, negate you know the threat of Ozil, they generally do better. But when Ozil gets time on the ball, he he does run. If you look at his stats for running, it, it, they're always pretty high. But I, I accused him before of running into into dead ends, into areas where he can't receive the ball. But I don't really see that with him since Arteta took over. I'm seeing that he's he's making himself available far more. And yes, he didn't have as much uh, of a positive effect on the attack in the game. But I think it was more to do with Sheffield United dealing with that tactically than him not really turning up as much. What about Maitland-Niles, who in the main had a really good game, but as Andy Smith says in the comments, he should never have turned his back on on, um, uh, Sheffield United for the goal. What did did we make of that? That's a small lapse. Uh, It's not something that hasn't happened before. But at the end of the day, he isn't a fullback, he's getting to be a, a better fullback with every game he plays. And I think where now Bellerin, he was on the bench on, on the weekend. I think he's going to push Bellerin for a starting place because I think the way Bellerin hasn't really pushed on um, with his ability, I think they're almost level. Bellerin is still a better player, but I think we're still we're seeing that... Um, the way that Arteta wants to play and with more emphasis on the attacking fullbacks and using inverted uh, fullbacks where they come in uh, and, and support the midfield. Um, I, th- I think we're probably going to see that Maitland-Niles is going to get a lot more game time than people think. And I think if you if given the chance and if he actually gonna, commits to it, I'm he gonna, could be a really good fullback. I'm going to come on to Maitland-Niles, Saka and Martinelli and stuff in a second. But before we finish up on the game, um, there's an issue that um, Ben brings up. And uh, Corey and Melina, if you want to answer this, and it it stems on from the goal that we conceded, asking the question about players turning their backs when shots are coming in. Maitland-Niles did it on Saturday and he got a lot of stick. Uh, So did Shaka and Louise have done it this season. The question is, does it show a sign of weakness? Would, Would... would players of old just like stood up to it and maybe turn the side, but still kept looking at the ball rather than completely turning the back? Um, ladies first. I don't really know, to be honest. You just modern players, they, they just don't look as strong, as as brave as the players from the past. I don't know how, how, how otherwise explain this. You know, sometimes you just look at them and they... And they seem to be scared. I don't know why, but they, they, they do, especially when they look tired at the same time and, and they lose control over the game. They look they look scared. They look like they've been pushed in a corner and they, they don't know how to react. And sometimes when the shot comes, they just kind of trying to avoid it, to, not to get it on the face, which is totally not what, what uh, uh, you know, Are they the, worried the, about club legends, they, the club legends would, you know, would have done in the past. So that's, that's I think it's a romanticised view of um, old players. Not all old players put their face on the line. I mean, there's still players that do put their 
bodies on the line. Um, but not every player has always and will always do that. Torreira got the, a ball to the face in the second half and he only took his head off. Yeah, he, he, he fell down on the floor. He was clutching his face. Yeah, blood come out of his nose and stuff. Look, at the end of the day, we're, they're human beings, right? Yeah. And we and we, and humans react to things in different ways. Yeah, if something's flying towards you, instinctively, you know, sometimes you're gonna try and get out of the way. You're gonna turn your back on it. Um, him doing what he did—that's just a for that for for a footballer. That's a sort of safe way of trying to block the ball whilst at, you know not taking a ball to the face. And um, that's what he did. You can't always like, you know, rip him on or you know have a go at somebody for that because it is a reaction it's instinctive so i don't what i didn't like is when he put his hands behind his back because you know you're making your body a bit smaller these days you know if it's ball to hand you know you're not you know they're not you're not going to give the other team a penalty you know they would it'll be looked at and they'll be like no it wasn't his fault unless you're doing that inside the silhouette i think is the um the phrase they're using (laughs) (laughs) but it's it's probably it's probably um, uh, a thing of VAR and Sacco, what's it, Sissoko or whatever out for Tottenham. Woohoo! Um, in Champions League final, uh, it came from that from having his arms out and yeah, stuff like don't that. Yeah, don't put your arms out like that. But at the same time, don't do that either, I think. Just like, you know, try and make yourself as big as possible without trying to handball it and, and do it that way. But don't make yourself small and then turn your back. And um and expect to to block the shot. So that's that's a problem that I had with him, but I don't necessarily expect him to put his face in the way to to block the shot. Yeah, not and, everybody uh, is as stupid as John Terry. And and and, and, and yeah, uh, another one who um he got Melina. You would have seen this actually. He he got um he looked like he got hit in the face, but he didn't. It was Martinelli. A, a player who I've, I really, really like, but he was down our end at the North Bank and he had just come off the edge of the pitch and went down holding his face, holding his mm-hmm. face, and looked like he was playing for time for 1 0 up. And then David um, Lewis came and, and shook him off. Have a do <laughs> I love this. He just, yeah, he just we picked him up and he's like, you know, put, yeah, put him back on the pitch. And I, I wonder what he said to him. I, I, I guess that, well, that wasn't anything nice. Probably I, some harsh words like, you know, don't be a we're Brazilian, like you know, you you representing the country, like don't don't um don't be a bitch. Sorry, excuse my language, but yeah, you yeah, know yeah, that's exactly. probably what he did say to him. Yeah, we like we yeah. don't do that. We don't play that. Like get up. Yeah, so that yeah, was not, unless, not unless he's got the same hair as Louise and plays in the middle of the park. And then you can <laughs> then you can roll around on the floor you like. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think it. I just think it was just like, you know, it's an older Brazilian to a younger Brazilian. He's probably like a bit of a, a mentor oh, to him yeah. at the club, looking after him. It's just him being a bit big brotherish, and, um, you know, just like you would with your, with your little brother. If he, if he did something that, you know, you thought was a little bit pansy, you would, you would tell him about it. So that's what I think that was about. The question, are they the sort of... Um... One of the questions we had in our chat group it was about Ozil and Lacazette. You know, they're on. They're, Lacazette less so for me, but he, he's just having a, a poor, a poor. He's having a, a poor run at the moment, and he just can't score for love and the money on the pitch. That is, um, 
uh, and Ozil is hit and miss. But Saka and Maitland-Niles and Martinelli, they've shone. And, uh, is that is that a promising thing or is it frightening that these young kids of 18, 19 years of age are our best players that we've got? And we've got very little, you know, we've got a, a few like David Louise and we've got a few few other like almost has been players um, to fill the gaps. Corey, you come in on this one, and can you do it without ventriloquism via Johnny? <laughs> um, do you know what? I think I, I know it's been a while for you, Fergus, but if you think back to when you were a teenager... Um, Cole, that's young, a long time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but if you think back, young people are a lot less self-aware, you know. As you get older, you become more self-aware, you think about things a bit more, you know, and you dwell on them a bit more and, and whatnot. But when you're young, you don't care, you know. You just you, don't, you ain't got. You just you're just young. You're having fun. You're enjoying everything, you know. So naive. don't dwell. Yeah, you yeah, you're a bit naive. Yeah. So and that naivety in young players is often a good thing because they're not they 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 whatever is going on around them, they they're not that bothered. They're not. It doesn't really get to them. So therefore, their form is not as effective. They just want to go out there, play their football, have fun enjoy and you know and take opportunities when they come you know um so i just think that's what you're getting with the with the younger players and johnny um you can now cory you can move your hand down and get the um the puppet going down there better all right, all right come on johnny <laughs> <laughs> um johnny um is our current squad shot do we have the leaders to guide our youth uh no no, we don't have enough leaders in, in in the squad. I think we need to sign extensively over the next two windows. I don't think we're going to get anybody this window. I mean, we might might have a couple of you know gap fillers like this. This uh, is Kagawa or whatever his name is from PSG, um, the one that nobody heard of and nobody wants but it seems to be getting in for a free anyway. We need someone who's going to actually come in and actually lead by example. And I don't really feel that we've got many of those. I mean, we've got players who want to do it for themselves or do it for their reputation or do it for their stats or do it so they can get off and play Fortnite, um, you know, those kind of things. But we don't have people who do it for that, do it for the badge on the front rather than what's on the back. So we need more players who play for that and less who play for that. Can I tell you something fascinating about uh, what what I think? Yeah, what I I think about our um, youngsters. And uh, I'm coming with uh, some uh, great numbers again. As uh, apart from uh, direct free kicks and penalties... 30 out of our 51 goals this season have been scored or assisted by the players who are academy graduates and those who are 20 or less years old. So that is roughly 60% of our goals scored by, you know, by the youngsters, which is you know, a pretty fascinating number when you think of the likes, say, you know, Alba and Laka, um and you know all the players that are there. So I f- I feel like the future is bright, and 
I absolutely don't worry about what we're gonna look like in in few years. I know that we should focus on now and then, you know, like what's happening currently with with us. But thinking, you know, long term, if obviously we manage to keep them, we've got some really good youngsters out there, and, and I, I feel very excited about this. You say the future is bright, and the future is Arteta. Um, Corey, you put the question to the group as well. Um, he will be one month into uh, the role on the 20th of January. Uh, his first today. game... Today. Uh, today? Is it today? today? I, thought it was, yeah. I thought it was Wednesday. Today is the 20th. No, today. Oh, cool. I, I've got, you know what? I've got something stuck in my head that my grandson's birthday is on the 19th of January. And I know it's not. It's the 21st. So I know it's his birthday tomorrow. So I keep on thinking today is the 18th. But yeah, okay. So he, my apologies. And I do these stupid things. Today, he's one month in the role. Um, what's your assessment then, Corey? Since you put the question to, to us, mm. what's your assessment of how he's done so far? I think he's done well. I think he has done well. I've, there's little things that I've spoken to other Arsenal supporters that they, some people haven't noticed. Like, we're a lot more of a... We've got a bit more spite about us now. Um, I think if you, under Emery, if you remember, like, teams are just running through us, like, right through the middle. Um, at, you know, whenever they felt like it. Um, whereas now, there's a lot more, like, tactical fouls. Um Love that. Yeah, a lot more tactical because we've given away a lot more free kicks. And when we give away the free kicks, you know, we're not handing them the ball. We're kicking it away. That's, that's disrupting the other team's rhythm. So There is a term not, we're not, that, that we're not allowed to use. What's that? Shithousery. Shithousery. <laughs> there you go. That, so that is it. Yeah, so he's implemented that side of things. Um, and we're so we're a lot more harder to beat, you know. Before we just, we just you know, we're getting smashed under Emery. Now we've had what one loss. Not you know, we've got problems on the on the other side in terms of creativity and and you know and confidence in our that within our front three. But in terms of what's happening in the middle of the park, he's he's improved it. He's done better, and we can we are conceding less chances and we conceding less goals. So I'm happy with that side of things. Um, the next stage, obviously, is actually getting some goals um, from the from I think the, we the whole need, of the team. Huh? I think we need a fit. We need I a fit squad. We need a fit squad because yeah. what I yeah. want to talk about, what I want to talk about, is um, when we look at like the top managers. If we look at like Jurgen Klopp, and we look at Pep Guardiola, they they're only doing what they're doing now because they've got the squad in place. Um, when when Guardiola came into Man City, they finished third. And, you know, he ha wasn't happy with his fullbacks. So in the, in, the, in the summer, he got rid of all the fullbacks, brought in a new, all new fullbacks, a new keeper. Um, and that's when they were able to push on and, and be the team that they are now. Um, same with Jurgen Klopp. You know, one little weak spot can really have effect on everything. So they had, their weak spot was like a goalkeeper. So, you know, when they brought in Alisson, that seemed to make a world of difference. When they brought in Van Dijk, that made a world of difference. Um, and that's that's those just those two players were able to take them from fourth to what's looks what looks like it's going to be first. So when you're judging Arteta and you're looking at what he's got available, because we don't even, he's not even got the full squad, let alone you yeah. know um, the team, his ideal team. You know we're playing left wingers at at left back. We've got Maitland now as at right back. 
You know, we haven't had four fit centre-backs at all. Um, he's dealing with strikers that have no confidence. A new player in Pepe that's come from the French league that's settling in. You know, it's like considering all of those things, he is he's doing he's doing well. And the the changes are going to be small ones. You know, going game by game because he is trying to make us play in a different way. He is trying to make us be able to control games and dominate games, get our passing going that will eventually lead us to be looking something a bit like Manchester City, I imagine. Johnny, um, you mentioned to me off... Go on, you, you, you say what you're going to say about um, Arteta and the season we're having and so on. I think it's kind of... We're at a point now uh, where we're all pretty much thinking the same kind of thing. At the beginning of last season, we had the first two games against Chelsea and Man City. And I said on the audio pod... It's basically an extension of the preseason. Our season starts after those two games. Now we're in the opposite perspective, I think. A lot of people are thinking now we are in the longest ever preseason because we're already looking at next season. We're looking at we're getting Saliba in the summer. We're going to get this player back. We're going to get that player back and our strikers are going to get more confidence or this, that and the other, and we can do the changes and they can get used to the way we play. So right now we're in the longest ever pre-season until we can really hit the ground running 2021 season, which is a depressing idea. But also on the flip side, if you accept that we're not going to get top six, it's unlikely that we'll get top four, uh, top, uh, top six, but there's no chance of getting top four then you have to basically think if we can get the team playing the way Arteta wants and we can get the one or two additions that he feels he needs and get the players that we do have playing the way he wants and getting them all fit, which does take some time. It does it, they, they haven't had a proper free season in the way that he wants. So I think really you look looking forward to next season because this season is already a write-off in terms of the league. So so if you were to give Arteta after his first month uh, a grading or a score out of 10, what would you give him? Personally, I think with, with what he's got, he gets an 8.95. Just short of a 9. But, you know, there's always room for improvement. You don't make this easy for me ever, do you? <laughs> <laughs> Melina, what's your score for out of oh, 10 then? Before, before I tell you my score, I just want to say something very important that none of you mentioned um, at all yet. Uh, I personally don't worry about uh, Premier League anymore. I just treat it like uh, training sessions for Europa League. I want us to go to the final. I want to go to my home country to watch the final instead of you know travelling we talked about uh, that on Saturday. How, how, yeah, I, talk, I know. I talk, yeah, I just can't. I just can't wait, man. I I really want to go and watch the final in my home country, and this is what my in my head now is basically Europa League. This is what counts. We have to prepare ourselves for that. So if he wants to treat um, Premier League as his trading ground for winning Europa League, I don't care. You know, at least. Uh, we're not going to get relegated. So, you know, 10th, uh, uh, 11th, 12th, I don't really care about our position. As long as we stay in there, 
then obviously for the next season, my hopes are gonna be again sky high and and um, hoping to get you know. A, so a score, uh, score out of ten. A score right, a score out of ten. I well, I wanted to say something like Johnny, but um, don't wanna be boring. So probably, prob- probably yeah, eight and eight and a half right now. Yeah. Corey, your thoughts uh, and sc- well, you've given us your thoughts, your score on um, Arteta's first month. Yeah, I say about eight out of ten. Okay, I, I will give him probably. I'll probably give him somewhere between a seven and a half and an eight out of ten, uh, simply because of what he says and what he does. Uh, the performance from the teams have been. Okay, uh, the thing that I took out of the Sheffield United game was we played for 70 minutes rather than we only played for 35 minutes against Palace. We played for 45 minutes against Chelsea, 45 minutes against Man United. So I saw some improvement. And if I can see that cont- continued improvement, my score will go up. I, I, the, the, the only reason I've given him such a high score, in my opinion, at seven or so, is because of how he speaks about his non-negotiables and how he, he comes along and says, if you don't like it, you can go. Um, Melina, you're spot on about um, the season and Ross's and a few others have put in the comments about the season. For me, unless we're getting Champions League and the only way we're going to get the Champions League, fourth is still possible because everyone else is so crap at the minute. Um, And if we had got three points against Sheffield rather than one, uh, we'd be right back in it. But I think we're 10 points off fourth in the league think it's going to be a little bit too much for us. The Europa League is our only opportunity, but I think with the Europa League, there's an awful lot better teams that have dropped in from the Champions League this season than they did last season. And I don't think, and I said to this, you, this to you on Saturday, I don't see us getting to Gdansk, unfortunately, on, uh, on May 27th, I think it is. Um, so for me, if we're not fourth and we're not winning the, champ, uh, the, the Europa League, I'm fine with yeah, the I'll, I'll stay... Tenth. I um, I'm a bit more optimistic this season. I we haven't. I feel like we haven't even got started yet. You know, like you, like Johnny said, this feels like a really long preseason. But I still think there's going to be a time where we are going, we are going to find some rhythm and we're going to hit our stride. And I think it will be at a good time where other teams are dropping off. You know, Leicester City are dropping off now. Um, Chelsea. Their form is up and down now. Um, Tottenham can't seem to find any consistency. Um, Sheffield United, are, they're going to get found out. Their tactics were um, really different and really and good and whatnot. But I think they did catch a lot of teams by surprise with the way that they play. Um, I think they're going to get figured out. I think they're gonna, their energy is going to run a bit low and they are going to drop down a bit. And then with Arsenal, we're going to just start to get going. And then we could put some wins together and it could, you know, in the league and in the Europa League. And I think that we could still do something this season. Yeah, well, I think I think we're all in agreement that we're, we're pleased in the main with Arteta's appointment. Uh, we're unsure where Arsenal are going to be or what we're doing this this um, this season. I, I think it's hard to call the league. The only thing you can say about the league is, unfortunately, the Scousers look like they, uh, they, they, they're they going to walk it. I just want them to get beaten by a tiddlywink team or anybody so um, we can hang on to the one little bit of thing that we've got at the moment is the undefeated season. I know some people say it's a bit pathetic, but you know when we've, we're having a poor season, the last thing we want to do is get 
salt rubbed in our wounds and make us feel even even crappier. We got Chelsea um, tomorrow evening. Uh, we've only got a few minutes left on this. Uh, the Arsenal women's team lost four nil in the women's uh, Super League. Uh, sorry, four one at the Chelsea. Um, I've predicted a two one victory against. Uh, um, uh, against Chelsea at the bridge, because I think Chelsea at the bridge are actually, you're able to get at them. They've just been beaten on the late kickoff by Newcastle in the 94th minute. How good was that? Um, and, uh, and uh, you know, we have, we it was Arteta's first home game. Uh, he got turned over by Chelsea 2-1 on a game that I think we should have really had at least a point from. Uh, and, uh, he doesn't need to do a team talk. Just show him that game. Melina, what's your prediction on the Chelsea game? Uh, quite honestly, I believe that we could have uh, won all of the games that we played so far under Atleta. And he's been very unlucky, very unlucky man. Um, I feel like we can we can get that win tomorrow. It's uh, obviously in terms of, uh, I would say the substitutions could be a key here. So let's just go full power, you know. Uh, first half, let us score uh, one goal and just don't see it like we already won the game. You know, think more ahead in terms of substitutions for the health, for the second half. So then we can score another one. You know, don't let, mm. don't let them uh, run all over us and make us so tired that we basically cannot physically score any more goals. So what it I should, would do, should... I would, yeah. Go on, go on. No, no. What, what I would do, I would because obviously the the, the Sheffield game, um, I was I wasn't really well. I was happy that Eddie came on. <laughs> I, I must admit, I was happy, but I think it was a bit too late. It was already mm. too late. So I'd rather I'd rather him put uh, you know some fresh um, uh, 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 and and feed players uh, earlier on into the second half and let us run the show. And what's your score prediction? Because oh, score prediction. Said, oh, right. Okay. Um, a loss because of reverse um, psychology. Well, I, I I feel like we can we can win two uh, one. Corey, briefly, because we've got about two minutes left. What's your score prediction? Um, a draw. I'll say one one again. Okay, Johnny. Uh, I've said two-one uh, win for us. To be honest, uh, I think we can go there and nick something. I think we're a little bit further ahead than we were then, and a little bit fitter, a little bit more cohesive. I think we've got a point to prove. Um, Chelsea have dropped plenty of points. Man United have dropped points. You know, the, the game is huge for us. Uh, we're only two points behind Spurs. Um, we have got about a minute left, which should be enough for me to thank everybody on this podcast, but also cover our transfer window uh, discussion. Nothing's happening. Nothing's happening. <laughs> Done. <laughs> Good night. <laughs> it, it's just like, yeah. and and But you know what? Part of me, again, going back to what we're talking about, like long preseason, the Arteta, uh, and writing the season off to a certain degree. I said it to you, Melina and Nick, in the in in the pub on um, Saturday. I said, nobody in, nobody out. Yeah, if you want to do the Mustafis or some of the lone players for the youth stuff, yeah, fine. But I, to be honest, I'd probably keep him because he had a good game uh, at the weekend. But nobody in, nobody out. Everybody's under assessment right now. 
and then we start again in the summer and we'd clear the decks of who we need to bring in who we not uh, want to um and we know where we are as well so this god who was going to say something were you going to say hey, something johnny well that kazawa um from psg seems it's getting all of the chatter all of the chatter about a free transfer yeah but we need we need somebody to replace Jack Wheelchair. So, you know, the guy's been... Everybody we've been linked with are washed up, are injured players. So, you know, there's nobody that's uh, well, I don't jumping want him out. I think, I think he, he's a bad egg. I think he'll be a bad signing. So, I'm just saying that it seems to be all, all signs are pointing towards a done deal. It's a done deal for the summer because he's on a free in the summer. So, he'll be paid loads of money. Um, we're trying to get him in early for cover. Uh, and five or seven million, but I don't know. I don't know. Listen, thank you very much, Melina. Thank you, Corey. Um, I just heard the Corey theme going downstairs, and as I've entitled this um, this uh, this podcast, it's an alternative Corey. This is, isn't it? Yes, it is. It is. Um, <laughs> it is. Glad glad to be here. Thanks for having me on. Really enjoyed I th- it. I th- I th- I think you've set the standard now on dress code, you know, like I think everyone Yeah, has to I mean, next time I want to see I want to see something like this you guys, yeah. all right? Yeah. Not pajamas then. <laughs> Not pajamas, no. <laughs> it's too early for pajamas. Not for me. I've been I've been up since 5 o'clock. Oh, okay. <laughs> Melina as always always looks gorgeous and she turned out absolutely beautifully on um on Saturday. Johnny. Oh, thank you. And remember, yeah. rem- remember, we still love Emma, even though she dropped that shit right in the pub. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when I'm, if I ever meet Emma, that's what I'm gonna know her for now. It's just like yeah. you to thank for that, Fergus. She, 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 she said she was wearing camouflage trousers. We reckon they were just stained. Um, <laughs> <laughs> right, listen, we have increased YouTube subscribers. We're up to 166. It's not something that we're really pushed on, uh, but we'd love more and more because Facebook gets a bit funny and blocks us. So if you are watching us on Facebook, jump onto YouTube, click the bell and uh, follow us on there. On Facebook, there's like three, 4,000 of you guys uh, really appreciate us uh, joining us every week. Uh, if you want to listen to this in the car and the tube, we're on SoundCloud, iTunes, Acast, all of those um, all of those uh, platforms. And you can follow us on Twitter, Guns and Ribbons on Twitter. Everything else is Guns and Yellow Ribbons. You've been listening to an Arsenal podcast by Arsenal fans, these three people here, four Arsenal fans, all you people in the chat. Um, thank you very much. And only one last thing to say. Johnny, I'll let you say it. Up the ass. Thanks for listening to Guns and Yellow Ribbons, an Arsenal podcast by Arsenal fans for Arsenal fans. Follow us on Facebook at Guns and Yellow Ribbons or Twitter at Guns and Ribbons. And remember to rate and review us too.